When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. How you doing, wrestling fans? Welcome to another edition of John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. We're the only wrestling podcast that brings you back 30 years with vintage audio featuring some of the biggest names of that time, covering all the news stories and breaking developments in the pro wrestling business. And uh, I guess I'll be part of the news uh, for this particular episode. Uh, This episode, which uh, originally aired on March 29th, 1992, was the weekend that uh, Vince Russo and I had uh, officially uh, split up. So uh, we have lots to cover tonight on this thing. It's not going to be an easy one for me. I mean, the stress level... Uh, from 30 years ago was off the chart, and uh, I'm feeling a little anxiety today just getting into it. Uh, But uh, we will cover it because that's part of the history of the pro wrestling spotlight and the history of of me being in the pro wrestling business uh, 30 years ago, uh, so it has to be covered. And joining me, as always, the renowned pro wrestling journalist, former managing editor of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and so many other landmark newsstand magazines, Mr. Bob Smith. Bob, welcome back to another show. Thank you, John. But I have one overwhelming thought in my mind, and that's Neil Sadaka. Breaking yes. up is hard to do. Yeah, it was not an easy thing. No, it was not. And uh, I did reach out to Vince uh, Russo this week and just to let him know that this is the week that it happened. And if he wanted to... Uh, come on if he wanted to make any comments. He wasn't feeling that well uh, when I talked to him. Uh, when I talked to him, we were texting. I didn't actually speak to him on the phone. But, um, you know, I told him what we were going to cover. And, um, you know, he basically said after 30 years, uh, uh, he, he kind of hates, you know, when it, it's a cringe moment for everybody. It's a cringe moment for me. So, uh, uh, but, um, so Vince won't be coming on, but he's fully aware that we're covering this this week. And, uh, it begins kind of a really stressful chapter in the history of pro wrestling spotlight. And, and Donnie libel, uh, the guy that was with me, uh, every step of the way, uh, back then. And he's back with us for another week, uh, from Florida, Don, uh, welcome to this edition of, uh, it's almost going to be as, as the pro wrestling spotlight turns. It's a soap <laughs> opera today. <laughs> back to the future. Yeah. And hello, Bob. Good to see you again. Um, this this uh, some of the stuff today as you said earlier john um we we haven't heard before uh i i'm not sure how to to actually describe it as being interested i'm fascinated um 
but it also brings up uh, old wounds. Uh, but yeah. it is part of the history. So um, got to cover it. Yeah, got to cover yeah. it. Well, I mean, before we get into all of it, I do want to talk about our Patreon, which uh, is steady. Uh, it's very uh, consistent with the numbers. Uh, they stay right at 80 to 85, and uh, it continues to be that way this week. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to have you consider joining the Patreon community. Uh, you get the access to the entire Pro Wrestling Spotlight Library from the first show that we did uh, in co- you know with the college shows, the first shows on commercial radio, uh, right through uh, March of 1992. Uh, new shows are uploaded every Sunday, not just five bucks a month. You get early access to this podcast and the sister podcast, Matt Memories at Madison Square Garden. We have levels for all budgets. Uh, there's so much stuff up there right now. I mean, it would really any new members. It would take you probably a year or so uh, to to listen to everything because there's so much content up there right now. Go to the website Patreon.com/slash/JohnArizzi and just kind of check it out. As you could tell, guys, I'm like a little. I'm a little. Yeah. My stomach is a, my <laughs> yeah. stomach is a little uh, topsy turvy today as we get into this uh, period of the Russo breakup uh, with myself, and I got a little anxiety. And we are taping the show. Uh, we are taping this show uh, early. I mean, I'm heading to Florida for my Met Spring training trip, so I'm. I got a little anxiety about that, making sure everything is done before I leave, and. So uh, it's been a really busy, hectic week. Um, And uh, so anyway, we're going to get it started uh, before we even get into the clips. I mean, everyone knows we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, Vince Russo and I had a partnership that really started uh, officially in 1991. I met him in 1991. He became an advertiser with Will the Trill Videos on the Pro Wrestling Spotlight uh, he did uh, some campaigns with us, and then uh, we started doing a little bit more business. We did some video stuff together. He transferred some 8 millimeter films uh, uh, for me to VHS. We did a deal with Cactus Jack and Eddie Gilbert for a series of matches. Uh, and then he really wanted to get into the wrestling business, and we started discussing uh, ways to work together. And he definitely wanted a newsletter. Uh, he felt that with my fan base that uh, we'd have a lot of readers and he was right because uh, we did start a newsletter. We did enter a partnership and, he, and we moved the show off of uh, 1240 AM WGBB. And we went over to WEVD 1050 in New York City, where this show originates from. Uh, but right off the bat, I mean, we had the scandals we were covering and Vince and I had different objectives in a way, he saw the show as more entertainment, and I saw it more as a journalistic uh, show, entertaining, but also you have to cover the hard news, and the scandals were absolutely very hard news to cover. Uh, and uh, it was around that time where Vince realized that, wow, I didn't even know what I was getting into until this, you know, until I started hearing all this stuff. And uh, it all kind of came to a head. Um, when uh, he was invited to the WWF Steroid Symposium, uh, which really took place, I believe, on March the 23rd or 24th. Uh, and I was not invited to it. The WWE and uh, WWF at the time invited him and didn't uh, want me to come. They said, as long as you come alone, you're welcome to join us. And I 
thought that they were trying to divide and conquer us. And we had uh, a little bit of a blow up. And then I agreed to let him go. And uh, and then when he came back from that symposium, he said he had uh, he had met Vince McMahon. Uh, he had met Linda McMahon. He had met Shane McMahon. And he wanted to book Mario Pasquale, the guy who was running their new steroid policy. Uh, uh, he wanted to book him on the show. And I said, well, you see, I mean, uh, what are we going to be doing? Because Vince had told me that we were going to uh, – uh, well, anyway, we have the show to listen to all this stuff because I talk about it. So why don't we just wait for that? But here's the thing. That day, March 29th, 1992, around 6 o'clock in the afternoon, I had a conversation with Vince. I was trying to get a hold of him for a couple of days, and we missed each other. And then he uh, uh, was leaving a message on my answering machine, and I picked up. And um, we had a conversation, which is really four hours before I went on the air. Uh, and he told me in that conversation, uh, in the beginning of it, that you know he was owning Pro Wrestling Spotlight, the name and all of it. And uh, we had a conversation that I pushed record on on my answering machine. And uh, before we get into the show, and before we get into what I said on the radio, I'm going to play that conversation. As difficult it is for me to play it, uh, and it's not a yelling back and forth, accusing each other of different things, but I felt like I was backed into a corner, and uh, I'm going to play it uh, so uh, you could listen to it. Uh, it's only going to air here. I'm not putting it up on Patreon or anything else, So, uh, but I am going to play it now. So uh, here we go. Conversation with Vince Russo uh, before. I went to Manhattan for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show on March 29th, 1992. If I'm going to change the name, if I'm going to change the format, I mean, whatever I'm going to do. But being that that's what it's called right now, yeah. I mean, it's got to remain that way until I, you know, see what I'm going to do. Okay. That's all. I mean, you know, if I... If I change it, if I clear, I mean, whatever I decide to do, then. Okay, I got, I got, I got a company. It's a one-man proprietorship called Pro Wrestling Spotlight Productions. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to, because I want to continue on with the newsletter myself, which will not be called Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Mm -hmm. uh, the radio show, um, until you decide what you want to do with the name, uh, until our next step, whatever it is. Uh, I'm not going to call the show Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I have a production company, which is a one-man proprietorship, uh, which I'm going to start to sell subscriptions to and Booster Club memberships to tonight. Uh, I am going to ask them to address those checks to Pro Wrestling Spotlight Productions at my Babylon address. I don't think you should do that because I just think it's going to – it will confuse things. I mean, not not that I care, mm -hmm. but I just think it's going to confuse things because mm -hmm. what'll happen? Why not say just make them out personally to John Arizzi? I, I would say that, or the the John Arizzi show, whatever you're going to do. No, I'm not going. I'm not even going to announce the new name of the show or okay, newsletter well, until, I, I, until I, I copyright it. I know? just think if you did that, it would it would just make things more confusing mm -hmm. because I mean I also have to find out that you know you have to understand too if I want to release the name, okay? I mean you know there may be a fee or something I have to pay. I mean, you know, I have to find all that out, too. If you, if you dissolve the corporation? Yeah, I mean, you know, if I dissolve the corporation, I mean, the only way, you know, I mean, I, I would just have to find out exactly, is there a cost for dissolving a corporation? I don't know. There might be. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, you know, these, these are all things that have to be fine. You know, I have to find out. But like I said, if, if it can be worked out, 
I don't care. I mean, that, you know, that name means more to you than it does to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just have to see how that can be worked out. Right. But, I mean, for the time being, I would not, I would not say Pro Wrestling Spotlight at all. I mm-hmm. mean, productions, whatever, because that's just going to confuse people. I mean, that, that's all it's going to do. You know, say you say that and then they don't have your address. They pick up the newsletter and see 99 Middle Country Road. They're sending me a check to Pro Wrestling Spotlight Productions. I don't know what the hell it's for. I mean, it could just be crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. So just tell anything you do. I would just have them send you a personal check. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new newsletter. Okay, I called uh, Janice yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, she said that you had them all. Uh, is there any way he had any copies of that? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have copies here. Should I just pick them up at the store, or what should what should I do? Yeah, I I I'm not gonna be back. I'll be at the store probably sometime tomorrow or Tuesday. Just call me first to make sure I'm there. Okay. And I'll have I'll have some there for you. Yeah, like I said, I you know I know you you blew out of there Friday, you know, upset and all, but I did. Uh, I just wanted to settle everything as amicably as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, as far as the stuff I took out of there, uh, I just wanted you to just to go oversee it. You know, so you didn't think I was taking something that I don't. I I I don't think for one minute you would take something that wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. So that whatever you took, I'm sure was yours. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, I don't have to sign anything. I'm not, you know, going to come back next week and say you took this, that, and the other thing. I'm sure what you took was yours. So. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's fine. Uh, Wade Keller and and Dave Meltzer, they're gonna try to give you a call. I gave them your number. This didn't, uh, they had it anyhow on the back of the newsletter, but uh, I'm sure they're gonna want to talk to you over the split up. You know. What do you mean? They're gonna want to talk to you. It's a, obviously it's a news story. Oh. You know. Um. So you know, if they will both be giving you a call so they could write about uh, you know your side of the story uh, in the newsletter this week in their newsletters this week. Okay. Uh. All right, so I will mention tonight, as far as the bus trip, that everything's still on. Everything has to be still on. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, I I am the one that's responsible for that, like it or not, since, you know, pro, the, the name technically is mine. Yeah. So like it or not, you know, the people that sent money, whatever, I am responsible for that. So, I mean, that is, you know, that is my obligation to take care of, and, you know, we will be taken care of. Okay. I mean, I, you know, those people wrote it, and they'll get it. Now, as far as the town coach and the Johnny Rod spots, I'm still going to read those tonight. Well, that that's up to you. I yeah. mean, you know, that's 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 totally up to you. If you, if you want to do that, I appreciate that. If you don't want to do that, I mean, I am. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it for tonight, you know, and okay. then, uh, and then uh, you know, Whatever happens next week is going to happen, you know? Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's basically it. I just wanted to touch base. I, I stopped by yesterday. I know. He told me, but I was, uh, I was, I mean, I was home all night. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, uh, that's really, that's about it. You know, I'm just still going to try to uh, to continue on if I can. You know, that's that's the only thing I can do. Well, I mean, you know, John, if the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we, we you know, I mean, <laughs> The, the, the harsh reality is, okay, that for what we both for what for what we both are after, okay, there is there's no compromise. I mean that that's the harsh reality of it. There there is no compromise, and I mean you know sooner or later we were going to be faced with you know there was no there's no way to compromise this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's the way it is. And I think, you know, as time went on, you know, it became more and more apparent. I mean, you have, you know, your way of handling things, and, you know, I have my way of handling things. And in this situation, I don't think there was any meeting in the middle. So, you know. I, mean, well, I, just, I just can't trust those people in Connecticut. 
I, John, I, under, I understand that. I mean, believe me, I, I do understand that, and I, I don't have the right to tell you that you can't trust those people in Connecticut. Okay, but, I mean, from my point of view, at, as of right now, at this minute, okay, they've given me, they've given me personally no reason not to trust them, which doesn't mean they may not screw me tomorrow, they may not screw me next month. I mean, whatever the case. Just be, but, care, just be careful dealing no, with no, them. No, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, you know, I, you, you, you tell me, you know, I've only been in the business for 90 days. You're absolutely right. I've only been in it for 90 days. And in those 90 days, I mean, I don't have the same feelings about them that you've accumulated over the years because, to me, they've done nothing. And I'm just the kind of person that until they do something to me, I mean, I just have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's how I am. Now, I'm sure, you know, if, if something is done and the first time it's done, you know, I might feel the same way you feel right now. But, I mean, as of now, you know, nothing has been done to me. So it's hard for me to, you know, it, it was just hard for me to take a stand on a lot of the things that you took a stand on. Mine well, Wednesday when we met, it was like, um, I, I tried to think about everything that was said, and I just, I couldn't go with that. I couldn't go with that uh, on that side of the street, Vince. I just couldn't do I it. I, but I, I understand, John, I, I understand what you are saying, but, you know, like I said, the thing, too, that, I mean, you know, you don't even have to comment this, you know, if you don't want to or whatever, but the thing that, that really triggered it for me, I mean, I'll be honest with you, over the last couple of months, there were little things, not not you, I mean, but there were, like, little things that were done that really was was making me lose credibility in the side of the wrestling media okay there were just like things certain things that were done that i was like well wait a minute i mean they're saying titans this that and the other thing but now i see them doing these things okay that really just started putting a question in my mind i mean i was starting to hate the wwf and titan just as much as you guys were just by being around you all the time mm -hmm. i mean you understand what i'm saying when that's all you hear and that's what everybody's writing about you seemed, you know, I kind of got caught up in it also. I admit that. But what happened is as time went on, I just started seeing little things that didn't, that weren't panning out, that I felt, you know, a couple of things, you know, were lies. Like I, I felt uh, things were handled in ways that they shouldn't have been handled. And to me, you know, the icing on the cake was Friday morning when I looked at the paper. I mean, and as I said, you don't have to comment on this or not. But why Tuesday played such an important role is because I was there with my own ears on Tuesday. Okay, and A, whether they were bullshitting or not is not for me to decide. And B, what Phil Mushnick wrote in his column was a lie. I mean, it was an outright lie. And I, I can say that firsthand. I was there. What he printed in his column was a lie and a twisting of the truth. And to me, I mean, that was just, you know, and he also had done it the day before when he spoke about the symposium. And to me, I mean, that that was just the icing on the cake. And, uh, you know, like I said. Yeah, but that, that, that affected our partnership. Well, it know? did. It did, John, because, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a judge of character. And if somebody tells me something, 
I, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt until I can prove that they're lying and that it's not true. Mm -hmm. What he wrote on Friday was an absolute lie. There was no ifs, ends, or buts about it, but it affected our relationship because, what you know, okay, you didn't the day before, and I apologize for that, but it affects our situation because you do feed him information. Now, if you're feeding him information and he's twisting that information, whatever, I, I can't – I have a – Well, he may, ask me for phone, he may ask me for a phone number here and there, but uh, as far as me feeding him information uh, – I, I disagree with the, with that total statement. You know, okay, I talked well, to the guy. Maybe you don't. Then I don't know. But I mean, you know, uh, he, okay. He's got a lot more. Um, he's got a lot more people to talk to than me as no, far I, as I, these I allegations go. You know, I, I'm not even involved with uh, uh, speaking to these people who are, are alleging these things are going on in, in the WWF. You know, right, right. You know, so he's investigating all of that stuff. He asked me for a number. You got a number on this guy? I said, yeah, I got a number on this guy. You can have well, it. Well, then right. I guess if you're if you're right there, you're right. I believe it. But then I guess you could say from my point of view, when I saw those things that I knew firsthand were lies, mm -hmm. your association with him would have bothered me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that just your, your association with him I would have had a problem with. Well, I guess the same way I felt about your association with Vince McMahon. Exactly. Then, I, mean, exa I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, that, that's why I'm telling you. I mean, it, you know, we, we could sit down and talk for five hours. There is no compromise. Yeah. I mean, I could be planning to have a meeting with them to try to straighten things out so at least they will talk to me. Yeah. And I mean, and at the same time, you may be planning to go on the Geraldo Rivera show. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's, there, there's no middle. I mean, it's one way or the other. Yeah. You know, that, that that's the way it is. So, I mean, as far as, you know, the both of us, you know, seeing if we can, you know, continue things, whatever, I mean, you know, we're I, both I just, in the same boat. I just felt that they uh, they want to silence me. I, that's the way I feel, that they want to show off at whatever cost. And uh, it would be a bait-and-switch deal, them, them wanting to help us out or do this and do contests and whatever they wanted to do. I just felt there was a way for them to take control, and then and that would be it. They would wash their hands of us. Or maybe me, you know, I don't know. So I, I feel the, feel that the that they had ulterior motives in, in trying to be nice to you, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I mean, you you have the right to that, but you know, as I said, I'm just the kind of person that until something is done to me, yeah. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I'm you know, you screw me once, that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, until I'm screwed, you know, I, I can't I can't just go on what people keep telling me. I got to find out for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that, that, that's just how I am. I mean, see, I, I'm in a tougher situation than you are because I have no choice but to keep the newsletter going because I have people that subscribe to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you well, know. I'll make this offer out to you if you want to consider it, uh, if you want, if you decide at any time that you don't want to do it anymore, um, you know, I'd be willing to take over that responsibility. Okay, because I mean, if would, you if that's a, that's your decision totally. Okay, no, but what I'm saying is, it it would have to be your responsibility because right now I have a responsibility to every one of those people that I might know have it. subscriptions for. Yeah, I have no choice. I know it. I mean, that's yeah. I well, mean, don't get me wrong, John. I could I can file Chapter Eleven tomorrow, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Nobody will get anything. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I'm not that way. And I, you know, I. Feel well, you know, you know, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a, a backlash of a lot of people who read the thing because I'm not there anymore I, I understand that but, um but i you know you know what i'm going to do i'm, I'm going to tell you what i'm going to do is uh, i'm going to offer anybody who uh, 
wants to subscribe. I'm not going to tell people not to subscribe to your newsletter or not to cancel their subscriptions. I will not do that. I will not tell anybody to do that. That's their own choice to make. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to offer the people out there who have subscribed to Pro Wrestling Spotlight Weekly, uh, if they wanted to uh, – read my newsletter, then all they would have to do is send me a copy of their canceled check and I will give them whatever issues they subscribe to yours as well. So they'll be getting two newsletters. But that's going to cost you money. Huh? That's going to cost you money. How, how, how are you going to do that? You're not going to be getting any money in. Well, I don't want the readers to feel that I betrayed, not betrayed them, but I don't want them to feel that I uh, have just put the newsletter in their lap and maybe the reasons they were subscribing was to read what I was writing. You know, I want to give them the choice of what they want to do. Yeah, I know, but I'm just thinking that, you know, I'm trying to think it's that that's, that would cost me a lot of money. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. It's not that it would cost you a lot. I mean, it would just be a matter of time before you wouldn't be able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's impossible to do. You're going to mail people newsletters. You could be mailing them newsletters for up to a year and you're not getting any money. Yeah. You can't, I mean, that you can't do that. Well, I guess the same market that obviously the same people that subscribe to yours, I want them to subscribe to me. No, and, I understand that. But well, you know, John, like I'm I said, trying to do it as diplomatically as I can. Exactly. You know? And like I said, I mean, from my point of view, you know, the, the reality of it is there was no middle road. We would never go. You know, it, it was going to happen sooner or later. So I just need just a little time to figure out, you know, what direction I'm going. And maybe once that happens, you know, things, you know, things will be a lot more clearer. Because I got a, you know, I got a hard time deciding what I'm going to talk about tonight, you know, about this whole thing. People got to know what's going on. I just don't know. Uh, really how to handle it. Yeah. Well, just say it was, uh, you know, I mean, it was creative differences, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was nothing more than that, you know. So, uh, you know, I just got, you know, I got a lot, a lot of work ahead of me, and uh, I gotta try to save this. Uh, I gotta try to save the show. I got to, uh, I gotta try to save it. Yeah. All right, well, you know, if you want to touch base with me, you know, like early in the week or whatever. Yeah, all I want, you know, I'd like to, if I could possibly pick up some newsletters. That's, you know, I'm I'm very proud of everything that's in this newsletter. It's a double issue, and there's so much information in it that, uh, uh, you know, I've been chopping it to bits. At least have some copies of it, you know. Okay, no, I I will get you copies of the newsletter. And like I said, uh, you know, I can give you a call tomorrow or whatever. I just... I just would like to get some copies of it. And, okay. You know, I just don't want to have to go to the batter's box or some of those places no, and start buying them. That, don't don't get ridiculous. You'll you'll get the copies of the newsletter. Okay. Okay. All right. Listen, I'll touch base with you uh, tomorrow. And will you be at the Metal Uh, what? When is that? Tuesday, Tuesday? night. Yeah. Oh, I I I don't I don't even know right now. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, uh, but I'll talk to but Jimmy, yeah, but Jimmy will be responsible. Somebody will definitely okay. be taking care of the bus. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I'll talk to you before that. Okay. Okay? Yep. All right. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And there you have it. Speechless. You guys are speechless. No, I have questions. Um, Number one, did you guys incorporate?
I was not on the uh, LLC, Vince Incorporated, but I was not using, on the. Using I wasn't the not pro on the paperwork. Spotlight, using I the had pro a wrestling spotlight name. Uh, I believe he called it a different corporate name. It wasn't. It wasn't even under Pro Wrestling Spotlight. I don't recall totally. So but his attorney, when we the when, fact when, that he, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, when he uh, uh, sat down, when his attorney and I, and he sat down when we were starting the uh, corporation, um, they were afraid to put me on the paperwork uh, in case, because uh, of my, fin- my financial situation was not good. And so, I don't know, it was just kind of a, you know, at that point uh, when that happened, I, I didn't feel right about it. To be honest with you, I wasn't right about me not being on the paperwork. Uh and uh, I really had uh, no idea how many subscribers we even had. So there was, uh, there, was there were questions uh, that uh, I always had these little knots in my stomach about the business arrangement. It's, it's just I can't even come to grips with it. And my other question is, what did Muchnick print that he kept proclaiming was a lie? Well, uh, as we'll hear in the show, I think I go over it somewhat, but it was a uh, it was about the steroid symposium that the WWF was going to have with uh, Dr. Mario Pasquale, and uh, I don't have the article uh, that came out, but Vince, when he had two articles, but one covered the sim- symposium, and uh, during our breakup meeting on that Friday, I got Vince and Phil on the phone together because Vince said I fed him all the information about the symposium so he could write a negative piece about it. And I was like, how can I do that if I wasn't there? How do I even know what was what the symposium was? You know, I later, much later, had gotten a copy from somebody of that symposium but I certainly had no way of giving it to Muchnick. There was no way. So he started screaming at me and started screaming at Muchnick. And Muchnick, that's why I got him on the phone with Muchnick. I was like, Phil, tell him I didn't give you any information on the symposium. I wasn't even there. And it was an ugly call. And then I had him on a three-way with Meltzer, you know. <laughs> and it was just yelling and, and it was uh, it was not, um, it was an ugly scene when we split up that Friday before the show. Uh, it was an ugly scene, so the the the, the tempers had de-escalated, as what you heard in this conversation. But I still, you could hear it in my voice. I was, uh, I felt backed against the wall. I was hyperventilating in a lot of ways, and I was trying to control my Italian. You know, <laughs> I didn't want temper. to escalate anything. Uh, as they used to say about Dominic Danucci, that Italian temper. <laughs> yeah. So it was an ugly week, and and what I what I am going to do for patrons is I have a, you know, a copy of that symposium now, uh, and uh, I'm going to put up uh, the press conference part of it, where it's Vince McMahon and Mario Pasquale, but not the, uh, not the long uh, introduction and, and the concept of what steroids are and all that. So I'll put that up for patrons. Uh, that'll go up uh, you know, uh, when the show drops to patrons on, on uh, Sunday. You know, Thursday gets released to everybody. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it, it was a, it was not a pleasant call. And even me playing this call, um, 
it kind of gives a little bit of a background on what was going on. And when he went to that symposium by himself and he met Vince and the next day he was like, had a great conversation. They said, we don't know how much fun radio could be a radio show could be. And I just felt at that point that the walls were closing in on me too. I thought I was being, uh, I was being set up. Not necessarily by Vince either. I just felt that, you know, I, uh, you know, I wasn't in good graces over there. So I didn't, you know, I was paranoid to the hilt. I was so freaking paranoid too. And you, I, I, I'm, I'm picturing it. I'm sorry, Don. I'm, I'm picturing a scenario where you might've thought that Vince was going to buy your time on the station. Vince McMahon, that is that type of thing. Well, uh, yeah, you know I did saying? feel that way. Pulled pull the rug out from under you. Yeah, because Russo was basically, once the split up happened, he immediately got on the phone with WEVD and tried to take the show over. Immediately. And that's what I was dealing with uh, that weekend until Randy Bassett, who was my rep over there at EVD, uh, said that he wasn't going to give him the slot, and that I was keeping the slot as long as I could pay for it every week. What a mess. I'm sorry. Mess. What a mess. I mean, it was a mess. And it, it was a mess that continued for, uh, you know, bad feelings, really negative feelings for many, many years. And which is even more difficult for me today, for regardless of what anyone thinks about Vince Russo, I've developed a friendship with him now. So this is not easy for me to cover, even though we're not best friends. We don't talk every day, but, you know, he's a friend of my nephew uh, and we respect each other. And as you know, he's been on our show here. And mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, from that one uh, on one we did uh, in late 2018 on YouTube, that's up there when we when we kind of met face to face for the first time since this. And we were able to talk it out. Uh, and uh, forgiveness in your heart. I mean, I forgave him for anything that we had problems about, and and uh, you know nobody's a hundred percent right or wrong in the situation anyway. So, but we had it. We're in a good place. And the last thing he texted me this week is like, we've come too far to let this show or anything that I talk about uh, interfere with the uh, friendship that was rekindled. You know, the problem with the wrestling business is that everyone is jockeying for position all the time, whether you're Hulk Hogan or John Arizzi. You know yeah. what I'm saying? In, in other words, everybody has a spot they want and they want to keep it once they get it. And if they haven't achieved it yet, they'll do anything to get it. And I, I think that was the situation for you and Vince. I think he saw an opportunity to open a new phase with the McMahon company. Whereas you're, you had your journalist hat on. You were more interested in reporting the truth about what was going on so that the wrestling fans can have a better understanding of what all the controversies were about. And I don't think those two uh, sensibilities could coexist. No. And, uh, you know, I, I do have a couple of copies of his radio show, his, you know, that he started up uh, May 6th was his first episode on WGBB. So it really took place about six weeks after this broadcast. And it was an entertainment show. It was a it was a show geared to kids with the Matt Rat and the other characters he had on there and the sound effects. And, and he got cooperation from the WWF and the WCW. And that really was what started his, his entree, if you will, into uh, 
sports entertainment in a big way. And which eventually led him writing to Linda McMahon when he couldn't really afford the radio show anymore, his radio show. And uh, she was able to bring him in and he got hired to work for the magazine. And then, you know, the rest is history. So uh, it was it was two different philosophies on coverage of pro wrestling, even from our first newsletter and throughout the uh, newsletters that we did. The majority of the stuff that he wrote was covering TV, talking about the business in an entertainment standpoint. And that was the total opposite on the journalistic standpoint. Right. So it was a match that really should have never happened because we both had different philosophies on what wrestling was and the way we wanted to cover it and talk about it. Well, the vibe I get going through these older shows is that you brought him in, but you guys weren't really tight at all at the time, were you? I mean, you weren't really... We were not friends, no. We weren't yeah, like it's... hanging out, having a beer together or, you know, we were... It was strictly business. Yeah. So what was what was the motivating factor in you bringing him in in the first place? Uh, the motivating factor for me was, um, was quite frankly, sponsorship, the dollars that he was spending to sponsor the show. And then the newsletter idea was kind of a cool idea, even though I wasn't, I wasn't embracing it at the time. So, I mean, I always had that gut feeling when I met Vince uh, that there was something not right in my gut that was like I didn't ever feel easy about the relationship i was distant and i had a wall up and you know we drove to the city when we started the evd show and we drove met at the park and ride and and we drove in together and uh, but we were never like buddies we're much closer now than we ever were back then it's funny how that stuff works out it is. I mean, I mean, yes, the older you get, I mean, and, and that's the thing about me. Uh, I, I don't have any hate in my heart or malice towards anyone. And I and no matter what happened, I mean, you always try to find forgiveness in your heart if you can. And you, I don't want any enemies at this point in my life. I'm 65 years old. I don't want enemies or to have conflict with anyone. And right. that's why even with the Brian last thing, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about Brian. He gave me a good opportunity. And uh, I enjoyed the chemistry. I enjoyed working with him. Uh, but the way it ended was uh, if I was 30 years younger, it would have been much more volatile. But how can I have uh, how can I have contempt or, or anything in my heart against Brian? I mean, it's just this way he does his business, you know, and he didn't like a gentleman I was talking to and he pulled the plug on the show. And but it's like, all right. Whatever it is, it is. I'm not going to hate the guy. I still listen to his freaking podcast. And with Russo, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, we go back all these years. We had all of these problems. We had this ugly breakup, which was covered in a big story in the Daily News the following Tuesday on March 31st. Bob Raceman wrote an entire column about our breakup because I was I was I was um, I was in a place back then that I was uh, I was angry and I was paranoid and i just wanted to continue and um i felt that i was being done wrong so is that 100 percent accurate maybe it's not maybe it's just my own head too and again this makes my head spin because here you are newsworthy enough to garner half a page in one of the biggest tabloid newspapers in the country and yet week to week you're scrabbling by 
trying to get sponsors, trying to get listeners, trying to get advertising. It, it was such a odd show. You know, you were doing great and awful at the same time. I, I can never get over that. I, mm. I just can't, I can't come to grips with it. How can you succeed and fail at the same time? It's astounding. It's crazy. Right? Isn't I, it? I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to say fail, I guess, but you know. Well, what I, mean? I did fail in a lot of ways really because easy. you know this show eventually you know goes under, and then we have to go back to the NYG, and you know everything that I did in the wrestling business, I never made money on, and everything else I ever did outside the wrestling business, I've always made money on. True, but so, you know uh, what? Though? You know what? Though in the long run, you did succeed because people look back at the story. I mean, yeah. they they put out a book about you. You know, that doesn't happen if it sucked. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It, it people, wouldn't happen if love, it wasn't quality. People love my history, my archives, my photographs, my you know, the stuff that I, I present, uh, my presentation today, as you call it, between this podcast, the Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, all the pictures I put up on my socials. Uh, people have a fond memory. I, I, I received such a great... Um, a great uh, note from someone who said that I'm educating them on what the seventies was like with all this stuff. And they, they really had a misconception of what the seventies were. So, I mean, I'm just trying to provide history in as accurate way as possible. I don't remember everything. Uh, and uh, these shows, when I have to listen to them and upload them and review them with you and Don, um, it's not easy for me, especially the era that we're now going into, this is not going to be a joy ride as we proceed in future weeks here. There'll be some really great shows and fun shows, and but there's going to be this war that now erupts between the Russo fans and the Arezzi fans. And Russo versus Arezzi, that was the dominant theme for 92 after this. Don, you were you were around. You know, um, two things come to mind. Um, one quickly where, where it was said that Vince McMahon uh, supposedly said to uh, Vince, uh, and, and I always called him Vinny back then, that um, how, how much fun a radio program could be. Well, if a radio program could be so much fun and, and profitable, Vince McMahon would have been doing it at that time himself. Well, he uh, started clearly. one shortly thereafter, though. And and if you listen to that – didn't seem like they put a whole lot into that either. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember I used to have, and I, probably, I don't think I ever said this to you, but uh, I was there, you know, riding shotgun all the time. And I had a lot of times when I would fly in and, and, and spend time with you. I mean, I made one, one trip or two trips to EVD um, one time with, with you and Vince Um I was there for the bus trips, the conventions and all that stuff. And I had a lot of guilt. Like, uh, you know, I never, ever, and to this day, I never said I want a nickel for anything I've ever done to get involved with you because I felt I was taking from you. I mean, all the things, the people we were around at the convention and the, the, the trips and all, I had tremendous guilt uh, seeing the effort that you put into things and people purposely trying to sabotage, you know, an honest um, uh, effort to to succeed. It was, you know, the, the way of wrestling business is or, or was. And when they broke, when you broke up with Vince, you know, I knew he was. I said, "Geez, now where's the finance going to come in for that?" Because I knew how much you you had 
you know, you talk about uh, paranoid. Um, I mean, you you had so many other things that you took care of. Your mom, you had all your 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 daily uh, things to to take care of, and the wrestling. And so many times, I had so much guilt that when I was with you, that I couldn't just hand over a pile of cash because I saw that what a lot of people didn't see. I saw the effort, the work, the the wheeling and dealing of of get, putting things together, only for someone to try to sabotage. So. I had anxiety at that time so much because I just knew, I said, this guy's busting his hump and, and somebody's just trying to pull the rug out from under him. It just uh, really, really bothered me. Well, I appreciate that. And I hate the fact that you felt guilty back then because you were just so joyous in your passion and love for the business. And you know, that's why they, your, your name is still the kid. Because mm -hmm. you, you still have that inside of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's no reason at that point, you know, so I want to tell you right here, you know, there was no reason for that. And I feel bad that you went through that anxiety for me. But I also love you dearly for it because you always had my back and uh, you were always uh, willing to do anything. Work 24 7 when you were with me to. Oh, make I sure never wanted to sleep, right? I never slept. I, I know. But you, you know what? People, too, at this time, I can remember uh, when we got back from a trip, we were, we're at your house, we're in your office. And uh, I, I think you're, you're, you had the days when we have our had answering machines, you had 60 something messages. Yeah. And I thought to myself, my God, how do you, how do you take care of just that? then the newsletter, then the radio show, then getting sponsors, then setting up appearances. I said, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But I can remember that where you had, we came back, it was very early in the morning and you had uh, over 60 messages uh, to answer. I just, oh yeah. my God, this is just crazy. Well, I mean, the, the night that this happened and when I got home, my phone was still ringing and I live, of course, an hour and something from Manhattan. And when I gave my phone number out for people to help and the sponsor of boosters or whatever, my and I have the messages. I have them all. I mean, I listened to them the other day and I'm like, this is just too much to put up on for patrons because it's just hours of people saying we support you. We love you. And then some, ah, you fat, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but and and here's the thing that really got to me, too, as as the weeks progress is like, you know, the Alex Marvez is the uh, the uh, Wade Kellers. Everyone had to cover what happened and it became so ugly. And then the venom. Vic, uh, Vince used to call himself Vic Venom. Yes. yes. But the venom that began to fester and to be brought out in public and the accusations and the, uh, you know, that's when Vince and I, when we talked it out, finally, he didn't know what I was going through. I didn't know what he was going through financially, but we were attacking each other with such vengeance in these sheets and in the, in the reporting of what was going on. And then the fan bases, uh, his fans and my fans and the, the, the prank calls that I would get at home constantly and the prank calls that I would get on the show and the prank calls that he would get on his show. Uh, it was just kind of this war, this vicious Vincent versus John Arisi war. Well, it was. It and, was and, you know, bad. Johnny, if, if I remember, I'm pretty sure that when, when the breakup happened that I either heard from Vince or somebody else about coming over to be on his show. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe they actually, you know, would think that. But 
somebody had contacted me to be on there. Was it maybe Carmine Despierto? No, I, was it was it, it was either Vince or somebody involved with his show. Maybe and, Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy, the Matt Rat guy. The Matt Rat guy, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, Bob is Rob is just sh- shaking his head. He's Anderson. <laughs> Bob. I, okay I cannot. <laughs> I cannot say. <laughs> I cannot say what I'm thinking. Thank you very much. I won't say yeah. it. I'll, okay. I'll just listening with my mouth hanging open and my brain boggling. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, I just uh, no comment. Yeah, the I'm first qu- the first quarter of '92 was pretty interesting, <sighs> and the rest of the year gets real interesting. Um, yes, we I, I have an inkling about what's about to occur. So that, but everybody's going to listen yeah. and follow along. Hopefully, well, yeah. And, uh, I guess we're at that point where all right, we've talked, we've heard the uh, conversation that took place hours before I went on the air, and yes, yeah, so I go on the air. You basically went from that conversation down to Manhattan, right to the right? city. And Dang. I tried to write some notes while I was in the studio and waiting to get on the air. I was like, what do I say? How do I position it? You know, how do I tell the story? Um, how do I try to keep things to a point where they don't explode? But then the next day when Phil Muchnick uh, got a hold of Bob Raceman for me and Bob interviewed me and then the following day the daily news came out with that full page or half a page uh article mm-hmm. on it which uh, patrons will have i will uh i will upload that for them uh this week uh it isn't it is not a good story it's it's me being uh, hurt it's me being paranoid it's me being uh i'm not gonna sell out it's kind of me almost and i hate to say this but i was felt like a bit of a martyr back then i saw the writing on the wall and it wasn't pleasant it was like it ain't gonna last what i'm doing ain't gonna last it's gonna go away so i felt a bit like a martyr i get it so so you drive directly into manhattan (laughs) which is always a pain in the ass no matter when you go to manhattan no matter when because you never know what's gonna happen and you walk into the studio and We should play the opener because let's do it, man. I'm ready. This is probably the first word you said since you got off the phone. So let's see if we can make uh, the listeners understand what's going on at this particular point in time. We've set it up nicely. (laughs) Yes, we have. Good evening, wrestling fans. How you doing? Uh, My name is John Arezzi. Welcome to another edition of the program where we give you the inside wrestling information right here at New York's Greater 1050 WEVD. Now, uh, it's going to be an interesting show tonight. Um, A lot of things to talk about. Uh, As you notice, the top of the hour, I did not mention the name of this program, which we have used, uh, well, I've personally used the name for 17 years, and I have not done so tonight. For uh, some reasons which we'll be talking about, I uh, had a rough week this week, everybody, and uh, I'm going to let you know exactly what happened. Uh, We almost uh, didn't make it on the airwaves tonight. We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute. Um, I just want to let everybody know, first of all, that I 
uh, have dissolved the partnership agreement uh, that I had with uh, Vince Russo. Uh, we'll be getting into all the details and everything that have taken place uh, over, over the past week. Actually, it's been about six days uh, when all the stuff started to come down. We're going to get into it tonight and talk about everything that went on. Uh, I'm going to tell you first of all about some of the sponsors here at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight Radio Show. And uh, we'll bring on Donnie Liable, as we always do, to talk about some of the top news stories of the week. And there you go. You get it started. And you did yeah. not sound like a happy camper. I was, uh, I was filled with stress, man. It you could tell. I, mean, I think the more expressions you were at wit's end at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're going into a situation where um, I didn't know what to think, man. I didn't know how I was going to continue, how it was going to work, what was going to happen. Am I going to be here just for tonight? Because I, I, I certainly didn't have the money even for this broadcast, uh, but they put me on the air. You know, I wrote them a check, and I said, please don't deposit it until – like, you know, before the the next show, deposited sometime during the week. I'll let you know when it's good. And then, you know, I got a lot of support from people over the next week. And uh, so we were able to continue on. But uh, it was a scary, scary, scary night. John, who were who some of the people that you uh, approached about, you know, investing in a program, uh, sponsors, whatnot? I know, I know there was somebody on uh, – in the uh, Broadway, um... Minskoff. Yeah, yeah, I remember you talking to him. Yeah, the Minskoff family. I had gotten uh, uh, a grand, not even a grand. It was just a check because they listened to the show, and they, the guy Stephen Minskoff was his name, uh, wrote a check to me. And you know, there were there were also uh, you know people like Paul Heyman and Mick Foley and others that helped out along this time period and uh and the listeners i mean it was just kind of people coming to my rescue and it didn't make me feel really good but it made me feel good where you know people believed in what i was doing but it really didn't make me feel good about what i had to do to continue by asking and pleading and begging for money from listeners you know, it was not easy. I know you hated doing it on the air, too. I know you hated it. You oh hated to say, hey, join the Booster Club and buy the newsletter and do all those things. Well, that's even why when I talk about Patreon, it's like, you know, I feel like I'm going back 30 years. But it's really different because it's really, uh, you know, a whole treasure chest of archives that people have access to. And uh, but it's still it, it kind of gives me flashbacks every time I read a Patreon spot. It gives yeah. me flashbacks. But you of know years what? Ago. I, I listened to some of the top 10 podcasts in America and they do the same exact thing. About oh, absolutely. Patreon. Everyone, so everyone, everyone pushes Patreon. You have to push Patreon. Yeah. You know, Conrad, just- Conrad Thompson, I'm not even going to mention the number that he, that he uh, generates every month from his patrons, but it's always Patreon can do this. And then that's where you give people exclusive access yeah. and bonus access. So, yeah, but it, it just kind of in my own personal mental uh, brain and my brain, it just always it always brings me back to these days when I'm like, 
you know, even though the show is like it's we don't have to pay. What do we pay? I pay a hundred bucks a month to get the show distributed through uh through the platform that we distribute the show on. And uh, but it's not like you know having to pay a thousand bucks uh, a week uh, to be on the air. <laughs> so it's oh. a big difference. And that was in nineteen ninety two dollars, man. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's right. a lot of dough. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, a thousand dollars meant a lot more than it does now. Oh heck that's yeah! It's all going sure. You could buy a real good car for a thousand bucks back then. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, one that would actually move. Yeah. It's. It's. And that was the other thing. You know, I brought a sponsor on because I had a I had a car that was like on its last legs, and um, I traded out a car uh, and gave them advertising for. And we'll hear about this uh, the sponsor as we go weeks ahead. But uh, flash cast for cars. They gave me yeah, a car for advertising. For cars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they got response, and I got a car, and so that's why I, I was also wheeling and dealing that way. What can I trade out? Hey, Buses, you hey, trade you, them out. Wait a minute, don't don't feel bad. Do you think Jacob Degrom did a Ford commercial in Queens for nothing? No, of course. Yeah, he not. was a spokesman for a Ford dealership in Queens for about two seasons, and I'm sure he yeah. drove a Ford. And I'm sure that Pete, I mean. I'm sure that Pete Alonso, after he flipped his truck and said how good the engineering was in Ford trucks, I'm sure he didn't get a, you know, some type of uh, thank you from Ford in some way, shape, or form recently. This is That's a one hand walking the other world. I'll tell you, yeah. it is. It's really yeah. diving deep into it, and we don't hold anything back. That's the thing, and it's uh, I just I'm at the point in my life where there's no reason to hold it back. This is part of my history. It's part of my life, and. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I saw, yep. uh, without jumping ahead too much, but this reminds me of, you talk about the stress with this, not knowing if the show is going to continue. I saw that with you as, uh, with your conventions. Yeah. You know, people are lined up, you know, all excited. They're waiting to get in early and and everybody's feeling festive. And like you immediately know, I'm not going to make any money on this. Mm-hmm. Um, or... And I saw at, at various points at the conventions where everybody's doing their own thing, and I saw you, and and you weren't in a good place. So, you you know, you're uh, you've had your fill of anxiety, depression, and everything else that's clinical. Yeah, it was too. Uh, it was way too nice of a guy, I think, to be in this business in a real serious way. Especially with the conventions and, you know, uh, people work you and then you couldn't say no to people and you felt bad for a guy who says, please let me come and what can you you pay my transit least or this or that. And it was just uh, it was all of that. And um, I'll be the first to admit when it came to the wrestling business, I wasn't the best businessman in the world, man. I was not. I, I did it out of passion and love for wrestling and. And uh, I did it for the fans in so many ways so they can have these experiences, not only from the radio show to listen to this insider talk, but to the conventions to get uh, up close and personal with the wrestlers. But I yeah. was not the best businessman. I was not. I just wasn't. I overpaid. Well, uh, you know, I, but I, one thing I didn't do, I didn't uh, I didn't overpromise and under deliver. I under I, I, I under promised yeah. and over delivered. Well, and you know, you you have to remember who you're dealing with in, in the wrestling business. Um, and someone might get upset with me saying this, but I, I always get a chuckle. But I think there's something to it. Well, uh, Rick Martel told me several years ago. He said Bobby Heenan told him, 
there were two people, two types of people cut out for the wrestling business. One, those who work in a circus, and two, that are prisoners. They're the <laughs> ones that make up the wrestlers. And, and it really, I, really made sense with me on a lot of ways. Well, yeah. It's changed so much over the years. Of course, got more professional. Bob, you want to make a point? Well, I had a question. How about yeah. the bus trips? You did a lot of bus trips. Were they money losers or did you make out okay? No, no, no. The bus trips were pretty good because most times I trade the bus out. I'd give the company advertising and I get the bus for free. Uh, a lot really? of times I oh yeah. And a lot of well, times I trade I, I trade I trade the tickets out. Like with WCW, I mean, um, they'd give me, you know, a shitload of tickets and I would uh, use them as part of the bus trip packages. You know, I, I should have known that because, you know, I did a promotion with WCW myself. I did a radio interview in upstate New York right before the uh, Flair Funk match in Troy. And I, I was giving yeah. tickets away. I was giving uh, tickets away on the radio for that show. Yeah. So, yeah. You did it, it was always easy to probably. get tickets to a show that wasn't going to be sold out, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Paper so I got house, a lot baby. of tickets. <laughs> I got a lot of WCW tickets. And I got a lot of bus, you know, and the buses. And the thing is, I mean, the bus companies... Uh, you know, would do it a few times and then uh, this ain't working for us. We're not getting a return on the investment. And then I'd get another bus company. So I had several that I had gone through with these bus trips. And But th to answer the question, yes, the bus trips were profitable. That's why I, I did those uh, as frequently as I did. Yeah, they were a regular part of your scene, really, for a long they time. They were. They were. Now, another frequent part of your scene is Don Liable. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he has a time capsule. Here's I, this may be the only two segments on this entire program that were wrestling related <laughs> in terms of just the nuts and bolts of what happened the yeah. previous seven days. Uh, do you want to hear Don? I always do. I do. Here, here we go. It was the uh, news capsule, which we have read up, ladies and gentlemen, the time capsule. Don, are you there? Yeah, John. I'll tell you, the voice is a little hoarse today. Uh, did a lot of screaming and hollering this past weekend. Uh-huh. Quite a bit of news to report. Thank you, and good evening, everyone. Items making news on the Wrestling Roundup. Last evening in the Boston Gardens before a sparse crowd of approximately 5,000 fans, Macho Man Randy Savage came out on top over Shawn Michaels in the evening's main event. Now, the cage match was originally booked to be Savage versus Jake Roberts. However, the snake no-showed for family reasons, according to the ring announcer. Now, due to a heavy rainfall throughout the day in the Boston area and traveling by air from Washington, D.C. after an afternoon card in Maryland, those wrestlers booked in the gardens last night didn't begin to arrive until 7.15 p.m. World Championship Wrestling's War Games pay-per-view scheduled for May 17th in Jacksonville, Florida has a tentative lineup. The main event will consist of the team of the Dangerous Alliance, that being Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Rick Rude, Larry Zabisco, and Steve Austin. They'll be opposing Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, and Dustin Rhodes. And don't forget, this Tuesday evening, WCW returns to the Meadowlands. Those rumors circulating of Global Wrestling Federation television champion Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert packing his bags and coming north to accept a position with the WWF are without foundation. Now, sources close to Gilbert state he did have conversations with those in Titan Tower, but has decided to remain working in the Global Dome for now. A week ago, Friday, March 20th, in Dallas, Texas, the twosome of Scott Putsky and Terry Sims, formerly Terry Garvin, captured the GWF Tag Team Championship from Hollywood John Tatum and Rod Price. And don't look for Coco Beware's name to be on any upcoming United States Wrestling Association cards, at least in the near future. Taking matches on the independent circuit in recent months, 
Now, due to working their recent WWF show in Memphis, Tennessee's Pyramid Arena, apparently USWA officials were upset over wares appearing for the competition in their home court. Earlier this month, Coco held the USWA heavyweight title. And finally, don't be surprised if you see the Ultimate Warrior do a run-in during a match on next Sunday's WrestleMania show. Also, count on seeing former WCW champ Lex Luger around ringside as well. This Friday on the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather, a piece on the WWF is scheduled to air, as is Geraldo's Now It Can Be Told, planning to run a segment covering the variety of scandals surrounding the Federation. And our... Our best wishes go out in a speedy recovery to superstar Billy Graham, who is hospitalized this week, recovering from hip surgery. Capsule time, 10-12. Ah, uh, has to end with more scandals. Yeah, right. 1992. <laughs> that was 19- the year. Oh, my gosh. Hey, but at least we got some wrestling news there in that segment, right? Yeah, it was refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the only... <laughs> it certainly was. It was great. And, you know, it was, it was an interesting time because you had uh, WWF and um, WCW in the same area at the, uh, on the same weekend. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, WCW was in Worcester. And, of course, uh, WWF was in uh, uh, in Boston. And they all stayed at the, uh, in the same hotel in uh, Revere. So it was interesting seeing the guys mingling with one Mingle. another. Yeah, and also, don't forget, we were a week before WrestleMania, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we should have been talking about uh, on this whole show, but, you know. Well, yeah, near the end of the the show, you get into it a little bit. Yeah. But not nearly as much as you would have been under normal circumstances, that's for sure. Well, we're ready to hear some more ugliness, Bob. Well, this, (laughs) this, I believe, what we're about to hear, and I could be wrong, but up to this point in the history of the pro wrestling spotlight, this may be your longest monologue you ever delivered, John. This this is uh, – you just bury your soul out in the open in this one. Yeah. Yep, it's <laughs> going to be hard for me to listen to uh, as we replay it, man. Okay, Don Liable, uh, who started uh, with me uh, doing weekly reports uh, April 9th, 1989, uh, when I debuted a program uh, called the Pro Wrestling Spotlight – uh, on uh, radio station WNYG on Long Island. Uh, previous to that, in 1975, I um, had a program also called Pro Wrestling Spotlight back in college. Uh, so uh, I've been using the name Pro Wrestling Spotlight for a very, very long time. And because of some legal situations that have developed, which I'm going to get into now, uh, I am not <clears throat> going to use the name, uh, at least for the time being. Uh, but uh, I'm going to let you know exactly what came down this week in uh uh, as far as uh, on a professional basis, it's been the most stressful week I've ever had in, in pro wrestling. It all started, I guess, about a week ago. I was informed of the World Wrestling Federation's plans on having a steroid symposium at the Plaza Hotel, which uh, would take place on Tuesday of this past week. I was informed by a few people that... Uh, if I attempted to show up to cover this uh, by invitation only event that I would not be permitted in. And uh, I felt uh, bad about that because I pretty much have been covering this story regarding steroids and professional wrestling since last year. Uh, covered the Zaharian trial in Harrisburg. And I really felt that uh, 
I should have been one of the those included, but of course uh, nobody else in the wrestling media was invited to this thing, as was the situation with uh, Vince McMahon's last press conference back in July at the Plaza, but I was lucky enough to get into that one by going in under an assumed name. Uh, however, this is what happened. On Monday, I informed my partner, Vince uh, Russo, that uh, the WWF was having their steroid symposium at the Plaza Hotel, and that uh, we, of course, were going to be excluded along with the rest of the wrestling media. Later that Monday afternoon, Vince Russo, from what he's telling me, and uh, uh, he talked to Steve Planamenta, and Planamenta hadn't been uh, talking to any of us uh, for, for quite a while, uh, but uh, Vince got through to him, <clears throat> spoke to him, and after a long conversation with Mr. Planamenta, Steve Planamenta agreed to uh, send us a video copy of the symposium, which at least we would get a chance to talk about it after reviewing it on the air here. Later that day, I would guess uh, perhaps even a half hour to an hour later, I got a call from uh, Vince Russo and... Uh, Steve Planamenta said uh, that he was inviting Mr. Russo to cover this symposium uh, that Vince McMahon thought it would be a good idea if Vince Russo covered the symposium on one condition, that he arrived there by himself and not with me. Well, you know, it really angered me initially. I said, well, you know, here we are. What is the, what is the motives behind all of this? The first thing I thought in my head was that it was a plan to divide and conquer us. Of course, uh, Vince and I have uh, been writing Pro Wrestling Spotlight Weekly Newsletter since January, and we have had opposing viewpoints on some of the topics we've been writing about, although we both have been critical of the World Wrestling Federation and uh, things that have been going on within that organization. But uh, I really felt there was a slap in the face for me uh, not to be able to cover the symposium and uh, not to take anything away from Vince Russo, but he's only been in the wrestling business uh, for a little over 90 days. So I swallowed my pride, and I said, Vince, go ahead and cover it. Uh, let's get the story. Very next day, the symposium takes place, and uh, I'm not there. Vince Russo is. I didn't converse with Vince Russo all day on Tuesday. Wednesday, I get a call from Vince that uh, he requested my presence and we should, should sit down and talk about some things which took place on Tuesday. I said, fine. We met with each other Wednesday in the offices of Pro Wrestling Spotlight Enterprises in Quorum to sit down and discuss what went down. Uh, apparently, the World Wrestling Federation just uh, rolled the red carpet out for him. Uh, he was introduced to Linda McMahon and Shane McMahon, Vince's young son. Uh, Steve Planamento was very chummy, and even Vince McMahon himself uh, had a conversation with Vince Russo, which, uh, what Mr. Russo told me, lasted about 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, Vince was very excited about that, meaning Mr. Russo. He explained to me that uh, this is a great opportunity for us because Vince McMahon had relayed to him that we don't realize how much fun pro wrestling we we don't know how much fun pro wrestling could be uh running a pro wrestling talk show could be uh because we do not get any cooperation from the world wrestling federation now i don't know what went down in the conversation between mr mcmahon and mr russo i was not there personally but was uh 
given to me, the information that Mr. Russo was giving to me, that Vince McMahon would be willing to sit down with myself and he uh, to go up to Connecticut and discuss ways to, uh, you know, promote professional wrestling together, to uh, try to work together. Uh, I really, in the back of my mind and my gut feeling was, well, what is behind all of this? There's no question about it uh, that people in Connecticut would like to see this show off the air. Now, I've been critical of the WWF, but I've also tried to be objective. However, guests that have appeared on this program have certainly made their allegations and their accusations known. It's no question that the World Wrestling Federation would probably like to see this show off the air and for me to be silenced. So what was going on here was the first thing I was wondering. Um, would it be a public relations coup for the WWF to uh, make us an offer we couldn't refuse as far as uh, offering their wrestlers on this program? for uh, interviews, offering wrestlers uh, for public appearances. But what would be the guidelines? What would I have to sacrifice? Would I be able to continue to talk about other wrestling promotions? Uh, the bottom line was, is uh, what was portrayed to me and how I took it is that it's time for us to cool off. It's time for us to back off and give the other side a chance. Uh, I didn't, it didn't sit very well with me. However, I did agree to sit and get a meeting with uh, Mr. McMahon. I agreed for Vince Russo to set one up, and he called Steve Planamenta the following day to, um, to set a meeting up, which would be taking, uh, take place after WrestleMania. Okay, fine. Very next day, now, so this is Thursday now, I get a call from Vince Russo saying that we should bring on uh, Dr. Mario Pasquale, the WWF's... Uh, new doctor who will be heading up their steroid test uh, for the show tonight. And I agreed because I felt, uh, you know, fans should know what was uh, this new steroid test was all about. It never, it never, obviously tonight he's not on the show because things that have gone down after that. I just felt in the back of my mind that perhaps uh, the WWF was already dictating what guests we should have on this program, which didn't sit very well for me. Now we get to Friday of this past week and uh, well first before I even get to Friday I just want to jump back to Wednesday for a second you know there's no question out there everybody that uh, uh, you know this show is a costly one to do the newsletters are costly one to do uh, Mr. Russo indicated to me that this was the best opportunity of our lives that I've been spending my years personally for three years and not made any money in the wrestling business and now was the time to capitalize on all the hard work and to let the ball go in his own words I did my job now let's uh, reap the rewards and uh, do whatever we had to do so to speak and uh, you know I'm not trying to accuse anyone of trying to buy me off or whatever but it just appeared to me that something fishy was going down but Friday morning I get a call from Mr. Russo saying the doctor is on the show and everything is fine and he would also like the opportunity for some equal time here on the show tonight to talk about how he felt Phil Muchnick was very getting very unprofessional in his articles about the World Wrestling Federation. I said, Vince, uh, you can come on and talk about Mr. Muchnick, but uh, I would rather have it be a debate rather than just give you the forum to air your views and editorialize because I felt personally that Mr. Muchnick has been doing an honorable job in covering 
everything that's been happening over the last year. I said, a matter of fact, you should look in today's post because Mr. Muchnick has written another column about uh, the WWF and in particular what took place at the steroid symposium and some contradictions of statements that were made before the symposium leading up to it. I get a call back from Mr. Russo less than a half hour later screaming at me on the telephone, how can I do this? How can I feed Muchnick this information, these lies that were printed in the post? Well, first of all, I didn't feed him the information. I wasn't at the symposium. I got Mr. Muchnick on the telephone in a three-way conversation, and Mr. Muchnick explained to Vince Russo that he did not get that information from me. And Vince apologized to me, but he continued his uh, criticism of Mr. Muchnick. When Mr. Muchnick started answering back the charges that Vince was throwing at him, Vince Russo hung up on both of us. At that point, I called him back and I said, I'm coming down to the office right now because we've got to settle some things immediately. So I, I traveled to Quorum again, and uh, I knew that this was not the way I wanted to be in a partnership with someone. So I got into the office and we sat down and I said, Vince, you know, we got some problems here. And he said, yes, we do. I said, I don't want to continue working with you if I'm going to be under, uh, if I'm going to be yelled at for talking to Phil Muchnick. And he said, John, we've been spinning our wheels. I've been in this business uh, with you for three months and we haven't made any money. Uh, you're going to be broke forever if you don't uh, agree to stop blasting these people and I don't consider myself blasting anybody and I said well I said uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna compromise my ethics for anybody and if I'm broke I'm broke but I'm going to continue on with my message and continue giving the wrestling fans the information that they want so at that point uh, we agreed to end the partnership and he had told me at that point that since he incorporated pro wrestling spotlight enterprises that I no longer own a Pro Wrestling Spotlight name for the newsletter or for the radio show. And uh, I said, well, if you want the name that bad, you can have it, because it's really not the name, it's rather the person who's delivering the message. And I certainly didn't want any part any longer of uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight if I was going to have to compromise the way I reported on this business. I'm not going to compromise that for anyone. So I went home, and uh, I started getting calls from WEVD that things were going down here. I'm sitting next to Randy Bassett, who uh, works here at the station. Vince Russo had called up this station and said that I was out, I was no longer part of Pro Wrestling Spotlight, and that he wanted to take a two-week hiatus and return in two weeks with a brand-new wrestling show here. That's what he alluded to, I guess, Randy. <laughs> Uh, Randy is uh, sitting right next to me, and uh, yeah, I don't know if this uh, mic is working, but yeah, it uh, is. that's what—that was what what was coming down. So uh, I panicked. I worked very hard over the last three years, and granted, Vince Russo helped get me here to WEVD by investing the initial monies it took to get here. However, advertising revenues and newsletter sales—I uh, think things were going pretty good. He laid out a little bit more money than he expected, and uh, 
I hope he gets it back by people continuing to subscribe to his newsletter, which is not going to be my newsletter any longer. But anyway, getting back to the station, I didn't want to lose this program, and I said, hey, look, guys, uh, this show, really, I am the host of it. I think I should have the opportunity to stay here. Uh, he wants to take a two-week hiatus. I don't want to take any hi hiatus. I want to get back here Sunday night, and I don't want to miss a beat. And uh, that was it. Fortunately, the, uh, the station agreed after much talk with Ken Sperber and Randy Bassett that I would come back to host the show tonight and continue on here as long as I paid for the program. Pretty much, that's how it went. Uh, I guess later Vinny called uh, here and said that uh, he didn't want to take a hiatus, that he wanted to come right back on tonight, and by that time I'd struck a new deal with WEVD and I'm here today. So it's been a very trying week and I don't... Uh, believe some of the things that have happened this week. I, uh, I wish they didn't happen. Uh, I don't know what took place during the meeting between Vince McMahon and Vince Russo. I would hate to think certain things were mentioned during that meeting, uh, but I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything. All I know is that if purposes of anyone was to divide and conquer myself and my partner, they partially succeeded with this. Uh, you know, Vince and I were, were traveling some separate roads over the last few weeks and our coverage and the way we were going to continue covering everything in pro wrestling. But I am not going to, like I said, compromise my ethics for anyone, and uh, I'm going to continue on here as long as I possibly can, uh, delivering the message that I have delivered for three years. So that's my story, <laughs> basically. Uh, I'll tell you, everyone out there what's happening with Pro Wrestling Spotlight Enterprises, Inc. I'm no longer part, or was never part of that uh, corporation. I've never... Hide, uh, hid the fact, rather, that uh, I took a pretty much uh, a financial beating on the wrestling conventions that I've tried to run. I owe people money. And uh, when we formed this company, Mr. Russo's attorney, and he suggested that I do not put my name on corporation papers because people I owe money to might try to go after assets of the corporation. And I agreed to do that. Um, as far as the newsletter goes... Uh, Vince Russo, I assume, will continue to fulfill his obligations to the people who have subscribed to the weekly. I am beginning uh, and debuting a new weekly publication, which is uh, unnamed at this point. And I'm going to continue on with the radio show under a new name, which will be announced here next week. So that's basically it. That's basically it. As far as the bus trip goes, there's a bus trip coming up this coming Tuesday to the Meadowlands. I talked to Vince Russo before leaving for the city tonight, and he said that that bus trip will take place, that everyone who paid to go on this bus trip uh, will go on this bus trip. So everything is cool as far as everybody who uh, ordered tickets and is expecting a bus trip to take place Tuesday night, because that will happen. Uh, we're going to continue on here with our sponsors. We're going to try to get more sponsors. And uh, I am appealing to uh, the folks out there uh, to assist me. I'm starting from ground zero again. Uh, I am uh, starting from scratch. I need help from those of you out there to subscribe to my newsletter and to join my booster club, which I'll give you an address before we go off the air today. And there it was. I am uh, hyperventilating. No. <laughs> close to it uh yeah listening to that was um was bringing back that week and that night all over again 
and it's uh, not easy. It can't be easy. I mean, it's rugs being pulled out from under you, totally unawares, I guess. I mean, it's almost like being probably, in, probably in quick like hit with a brick. Well, more like you're in quicksand, you know, and, oh, and you yeah. know, you, you got your head above that quicksand, but you know, the more you try to get out of it, it's sucking you back into the ground, ready to uh, engulf you and kill you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the way I felt that night. You laid it out so so brilliantly. I mean, from A to Z of what happened, how it happened, where you are now. Um, yeah. There was no guesswork left at all there. No, no, it was. Uh, it got you know it was uglier than I, I uh, broadcast, uh, especially that breakup day. I mean that I took my brother in law Thomas uh, with me to uh, Russo's office uh, because. Uh, I just wanted a witness. I, you know, in case anything happened, I wanted him there. And, and, you know, Vince was screaming uh, and he actually ran out of his own office and, you know, left me and my brother in law there. I packed up my stuff and, and I left. Uh, but it was uh, extremely stressful that whole weekend. And especially that day when, when the station was calling me up and saying, you know, Vince says you're not part of this no more. And it, that was panic time for me that he wanted a two week hiatus and then he would come back. And, uh, and then, uh, when, um, when I said I wanted to go on Sunday and then when he then called them back and says, no, I, I decided I want to go back on Sunday, but you know, Randy Bassett from WEBD was a stand up guy. And he wasn't necessarily – he was concerned about the money, but he uh, you know, he liked me personally. And Ken Sperber, who was the station manager there, once Randy explained to him what was going on, uh, Ken agreed with Randy that I should keep the slot, and I was able to keep the slot. It was nuts. That, that's important because it's like – could you imagine if they had taken the bait otherwise? <laughs> I don't know what would have happened, man. I don't know. You know, everything is now, you know, in history. It's all history. And and I do want to mention again that, you know, even though all of this ugliness and, you know, you find a way after all these years, after 20-something years to get face-to-face -face with somebody and talk it out. And and I did that with Vince. And, uh, you know, even though this is a very, very hard episode to cover and, you know, there's a lot of uh, water under the bridge, you know, and there's a lot of things that happened. And, and uh, I could kind of say proudly that, you know, we have a good relationship today, you know. But this is not this is this is, wasn't easy for him to, you know, when I when I reached out to him this week. I mean, this was a this was not a, a happy time for him either. No, regardless of his success, but he he was in the business. He had broken up with his partner. Who, you know, who knows what he was going through in his mind? with all of the yeah. money that he had invested in the newsletter and keeping us uh, on the air with his own personal money and his wife, the pressures of having a, a little crying baby who you might've heard on that telephone, uh, yeah. you know, his son. I mean, this was as all going on with him. As he said on this very show, when you two were together, it was a constant panic over money. Yes. And I, I honestly think his motivating factor is he saw a way to make some money somehow. Yeah, I, I and think he needed he a job. Yeah, because his yeah. video business was tanking because of all the corporate blockbusters that were being, you know, on every street corner. 
And he was a little mom and pop video store trying to keep a roof over his head and his young family's head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, so I can sympathize with what he was going through back then. You know, the way it all went down and the way, you know, the things that you would change today uh, based on, uh, you know, age, experience, life experience, all of that. Um, you know, you, you grow as you get older and you land to, learn to handle things different when you're older. Uh, and that comes from experience and it comes from life experiences. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, listen, we've all had our troubles with people in the past, but I, I can say right now that I don't have any grudges at all. And it's a good way to live because when you put your oh, yeah. when you put your head on that pillow at night, you can fall asleep peacefully. Mm-hmm. I think if you do have grudges, I think that gets in the way of that. And yeah. it's important to remember that, I think. Years ago, I had grudges. Oh, years, me too. Ago, years ago, I took things very personally. Mm-hmm. Today, if someone is going to have a disagreement with somebody, it's like, all right, you know, we disagree. Nice knowing you. That's we get it. smarter as we get older. You don't dwell on anything anymore. And I've right. learned that. Right. And even in being in the wrestling business today, and all these things, the opportunities, and you know, and people talk good games, and you know, then things don't happen. And it's like years ago, I would be like having all this stress and anxiety. Oh, this person was going to give me a deal. How come they haven't called me back? And it's like, all right, if someone wants to do business with me today, I'm meaning, then it will happen. If it's not, it's not. I don't chase anyone for a deal. I'm, I sit here and I, and I, you know, if something is a good opportunity. Let it play itself out and see what happens. But I am in no way the same person in a lot of ways that I was back then. Same here. I think we all get like that. Get older, we get wiser. Yeah, yeah, that's what old age is, Don. Oh, I'm as dumb as this stuff <laughs> even now. But but I, I will say this, though. I, I, you learn to accept things and become grateful for the good things as you get older. I, oh, at yeah. least I did. Yeah. I, I sit here now with such a sense of of gratitude over the three different careers I've had. Yes. You know, it's it, it, just like you, John, we've had life experiences that a lot of, not a lot of people could say they've had. Yeah. And not every, it, it's, it's a blessing. They're blessings that we've been bestowed. We don't realize it at the time. That's the problem. Right. You know, it, it's hard when you're young because you're always chasing something when you're young. There's always the next better thing you're looking for. And then once you reach a certain age plateau <laughs> and you, you finally get a chance to look back, you realize, hey, that was that was pretty cool stuff. I wish mm-hmm. I'd enjoyed it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. there, life gets in the way sometimes. And yeah, uh, the achievements, you start to, to um, I guess, count them as you get older. And you look back and you go, hey, that was pretty cool. And that's the way I feel about my life, uh, be mm-hmm. honest. Me too. Me too. And and we all still follow our passions in a lot of different ways. I know Mm -hmm. Donna every day. I mean, you have an article out in uh, the local newspapers. You're talking to Tim McCarver. You're talking to Gil Hodges' kid. You're talking to (laughs) all of these great baseball legends. And then you sometimes find a wrestling uh, person and uh, or someone that was involved with a wrestler like Pedro Morales's wife, and you do an interview with her, and so you're mm-hmm. you're following your passion to this day, and it, it keeps you keeps you uh, young, young, and that's why I say it again: you're still the kid. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it was not a easy night. This show is going to be a marathon, man. 
and you yeah, know, there's a lot uh, we're going over tonight. Which well, I gotta is, ask uh, you: Do you want to? You want to have one more clip here? Um, oh yeah, we have. Uh, we do have a couple more clips to play. I think, right? Yes, we do. If you want to do them, we'll do them. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're into it. We might, as well, WrestleMania we might as well. Do it. it is WrestleMania See, week? Problem. Yeah, it was. WrestleMania I mean, I think. Week. I think the fans are going to be so, and the listeners will be so compelled with the content that even if they have to listen to it over a couple of days, they'll listen to it over a couple of days. Uh, and, you know, it's not like it's going to be a four-hour episode, but um, no. it's important we cover it all in the way that you laid it out with the clips, and we just uh, see it through, and uh, then everyone gets a chance to decipher it and and garner their own opinions about what we're discussing tonight. Yeah, because I'm looking at, like, my roster. Of, for, for you people who want the inside story of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast, I have to pull the clips every week that I find to be the most newsworthy thing and the most interesting things on the hour-long show. And I, I'm going down to the next to last clip uh, on on a uh, WrestleMania week is the WrestleMania predictions, and I'm thinking any other week that would have been the top of the show. Absolutely. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just everything's ass backwards at this point. You, you know, the whole world was topsy turvy. A whole monkey wrench was thrown into WrestleMania week, Bob. Oh, I'm sure you probably weren't even thinking about it, were you? No, I was. I had no, I had no, uh, I had no interest in WrestleMania at this point. That's probably the first time in your life you ever said that, too. I mean, I, granted, it was what, what was this WrestleMania eight? Eight. It was a good one. Really good. Yeah. One. Yeah, a lot of history in this one. Average a lot flair, of a big one. Yeah, yeah, big. Yeah, match. you should have been the guest referee, John. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that happy note, let's. Uh, Don's going to take some calls from the listeners who are quite sympathetic, obviously, and uh, we will also get into a little bit about WrestleMania as we go along. Um, th- this, th- I-, I was happy this segment of the show came along because we finally get to change what we're supposed to so yeah yes what we're supposed to do so here we go john hello yeah john um i'm sorry about what happened this week um how about calling it the stun gun weekly this is david from Staten island the what the stun gun wrestling weekly well you know i don't like that name david so uh what we're gonna do i'm gonna announce a, a contest of sorts for those of you to come up with a new name for the program and uh, uh we will uh, we'll give you that information in just a little bit let's go to line two hi you're next Oh, John? Yes. Hi, it's John uh, from Class. You know who I am? How you doing, John? Okay, guy. Uh, let me tell you something. I want to come on the air and say, straight up, you are the man who reports the facts as they are. As a wrestling fan myself for almost 19 years, I've listened to you for the past three years, and I've followed everything and everything that's come through on the radio or on the newsletters or talked to you on the phone has come so. Um... I believe what's going on with you and Vince and Vince McMahon, I believe that uh, they sort of gave him hush money to keep him quiet. Well, I don't, I don't want to make any accusations of, I, of anything. I understand that. But I'm saying I, I hope you stick to your guns and uh, give the fans what they want, the truth and the facts. Well, I'm going to stay here as long as I possibly can, you know. That's just the bottom line, John. And, uh... Uh, I'm going to continue my efforts. That's all I could say. That's all I could hope for. I hope so, because I feel a true wrestling fan and the fan that's been following you, and I've talked to you on numerous occasions. I just hope that the facts do come through. I've seen you on Donnie and everything, and uh, 
everything that's adding up lately has been coming so, and it's unbelievable what's going on in the wrestling world today. Well, that's, I'd like to be here talking tonight about uh, WrestleMania next week uh, and doing a pre-WrestleMania show, but uh, I have to talk about these other things because they affect... Uh, everything that I do, I appreciate your I appreciate your support, John, very very much. Uh huh. Okay, thank you okay. very much for your call. John, John, um, I presented for the Pro Spotlight. I don't want that. I want your newsletter. Well, uh, okay, I'm going to give an address. I'm going to give an address before we go off the air today, and uh, uh, I'll explain uh, what I'm going to try to do to uh, to keep everybody happy. Okay. Okay. Thanks for your call, John. Let's go to line three, and I don't know who's calling in, so because we don't have someone to screen the calls tonight as far as names and anything, so maybe it's a little bit better that way anyhow for tonight's show. Uh, hi, you're next. Hi, I'm Anthony. I'd like to say hi to another Anthony and um, Benjamin. Okay, go right ahead. Hi, Anthony. Anna. All right, so what can we do for you? Um, I got a comment and two questions. Go ahead. It would have been a stupid move if they fired you for Nia. And um, one another question is, if you've been watching WWF lately, you've seen this guy in jail. Do you know who he is? Uh, yeah, Kevin Kelly, I believe, is his name, and uh, he will be uh, feuding with the boss man coming up, but they'll call him the convict. All right, listen, thanks for your call. Uh, let's go to our next caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, hello? Yes, what, oh. can, what can we do for you? This is Adam from Hackensack, New Jersey. Yes, Adam, what can we and do for you? I wanna, I, can you answer two questions for me? Yes. One, is Lex Luger coming to the WWF? Well, you know, he was on television yesterday. I'm sure that uh, most of the fans out there saw that. Uh, legally, I don't think he can wrestle until the... Um, until March of next year. So I don't know if he's going to try to challenge that contract uh, that he had with WCW or not. I really don't. Anything else? Quickly? Okay, let's go to the next caller here. Hi, you're, you're next. Hello? Yes. Yes, my name is Carlos from Flushing. Hey, Carlos, what can we do for you? I just want to say that I think your show is great, and I would like to do anything I can to support it, whether it's the boosters or any kind of contributions I can make. Mm -hmm. And also I would like to... Just ask one question. Sure. Is, is there any word on who's going to be the guest uh, referee for the Hogan Justice match? Uh, there will be no guest referee because Lou Ferrigno was rumored to be the guest referee, and he's no longer with the WBF, so he's not going to be the special guest referee for that. Uh, Carlos, I appreciate your support, and thank you very much for your call. Let's go to the next caller. Hello, you're next. Hello, John. Yes, who's this? Kenny from Brooklyn. Kenny, how are you? What can I do for okay, you? Okay, I put the publication in wrestling for the Voice of the Mad, and we'll give you all the publicity you need. I think your show is fantastic. Thank you very much, Kenny. Okay, don't I? Okay, bye-bye. Let's go next to line... Why don't, uh, Steve, why don't you just uh, punch each one of them up, okay? Uh, just save me from that tonight. Uh... Hi, you're next. Hi, is it, yes, how you doing? Who is this? My name is Mike from Whitestone. How you doing? Hi, Mike. Uh, listen, I got a couple of questions for you. I'll make it brief. I know you're having problems with your phones. Uh, number one, about Billy Graham. Yeah. How do you think this is going to affect kids? I mean, that's the largest portion of the audience of professional wrestling. I mean, I just well, don't... Regarding what? Regarding Billy Graham speaking his, his, out? His or allegations that he personally, you know gave Hulk Hogan steroids. I mean, it's very disheartening. Well, you know, everyone uh, who saw the Arsenio Hall show from last week, uh, well, not from last week, from last year, rather, you know, if uh, anyone with half a brain could figure out that Hogan wasn't exactly telling the truth on that show, and Graham uh, came out publicly after that and mentioned that he... Um, that he did shoot Hogan up on three different occasions at least. And uh, Schultz came out and said he shot him up uh, hundreds of times. So, uh, you know, it's up to Hulk Hogan whether he wanted to tell the truth or not and uh, whether he was asked uh, to say he uh, just used steroids for therapeutic purposes. I just wish the kids across America and the high schools and the colleges 
are made aware of the dangers of steroids, and I think with everything that has happened in pro wrestling, maybe there's a, a clearer message being sent to them. Thanks for your call. Let's go to the next call. Hello, you're next. John. Yes. This is George from Who Slam and Who. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad you guys are uh, taking care of the steroid thing, and uh, our show supports you. And because we've had problems with the WWF too, don't forget we all have to stick together. And I'm glad you're sticking to your guns. Well, I got to. All righty. Okay. Thanks, George. Take care. Okay. Let's go to the next caller. Hi, you're next. Yeah, John. Yes. Yeah, my name's Ken from Roosevelt Island. Hey, Ken, how are you? Good. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Two questions. Do you know who writes the drama scripts for the WWF? <laughs> well, as far as the booker, it uh, was uh, Pat Patterson and Vince McMahon uh, putting together the scenarios. Since Patterson is no longer there, uh, I believe J.J. Dillon is helping out, and they're looking for someone else to assist Vince with uh, uh, coming up with these scenarios that uh, are so soap, soap opera-isk, I guess you would call them. Yeah, second question. Uh, is, do you know if the uh, whole thing about Elizabeth Ric Flair and uh, Macho Man is that all hocus? Uh, it's hocus pocus. Uh, those pictures that were allegedly uh, shot years ago, uh, I would be surprised if they weren't shot uh, a few weeks ago because Flair... Uh, in the interview he did when he introduced those photos, uh, basically um, he had his same watch on and the same bracelet on as he did uh, in these particular pictures as he did on the live interview not too long ago. But of course it's uh, it's hocus pocus. Next, next caller. Hello. Hello. Okay, uh, let's go to the next caller. Hi, you're next. Hello. Yes. My name is Lance. I'm a big fan of your show. I'm sorry you're having some problems. Okay, where are you calling from, Lance? Lower East Side. Okay. I want to ask you: Is Bruce was is Bruce Pritchard brother love in the past? Yes, he certainly was. Oh, I, th I thought so. I know he's with the uh, Global Wrestling. Yeah, Federation. I recognized the way he was talking and stuff. Okay. I also want to ask you: You think Bret Hart's going to take the belt? Back? Yes, uh, Bret Hart will definitely win that title back from Roddy Piper at WrestleMania and next Piper week. Piper will still continue being the WWF. Uh, he will get off the road and he'll start doing Piper's pits again, from what I understand. Kidding. Oh, that's that'd what, be interesting. That's what I heard. Okay, John, thanks okay. a lot. Thanks for your call. Before we start taking calls, let me just quickly give you some of the WrestleMania predictions that I got. Uh, I don't think Hulk Hogan or Sid Justice will get their shoulders pinned to the mat next week. I think Hogan is going to go out with his arm raised in victory, whether on a countout or a DQ, to give him that one final uh, uh, fan's adulation that he's... Uh, so famous for the posing and such. So I don't see a clean finish in that match. In the Savage Flair match, I do see Flair coming out victorious with a pinfall. I don't know if it'll be a clean pinfall, but it'll be a pinfall nonetheless. For the Intercontinental title, Bret Hart will definitely defeat Roddy Piper next week. For the tag team titles, I see IRS and Ted DiBiase defeating the Natural Disasters. And uh, Jake the Snake Roberts will get pummeled by The Undertaker. Uh, Shawn Michaels will defeat the Matador. Those are some of the matches just right off the top of my head that I'm thinking of uh, as far as uh, some of the results uh, that I predict will happen. John, I have a question. Who writes the uh, music for the Nitro Girls? Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, what a question. Yeah. <laughs> Who writes hey, the got, drama script? You got to answer the questions, and you know some of them are kind of <laughs> off topic, uh, but they were refreshingly off topic, even as silly as they were. Some of them. That one, I was happy. I, like I was happy one. to that, divert. That one broke the ice as far as the tension goes. I love that guy's voice. That was great. Yeah, there was mm -hmm. you know some interesting voices there, weren't there? Yeah, very diverse. Of course, your, your New Yorkers here, you know, a lot of oh, New yeah. Yorkers. Yeah, Tell me, John, you had a lot of fans here in New York. You know what I'm saying? Jeez, I mean, I was just as we were listening to that clip, 
I kept thinking about all of the original listeners of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight that we don't hear from anymore on the show. You know, the George from Lindenhurst and, you know, the Vinny from West Babylon and, and, and Steve from West Hempstead. And I guess they all had a hard time getting through or, you know, they, well, I don't know Vinny didn't move on for sure. And uh, George from Lindenhurst, I don't know what happened to him, but he was a beloved caller from the early days. Mm-hmm. But this this showed how powerful the show had become in that 1050 WEVD 50,000 watt powerhouse that reached seven states uh, and sometimes more depending on the evening and the signal. Uh, We had a massive audience at the time. Yeah. Yeah. John, it was a success, man. Money be damned. The show was a success. Just look well, at it. You know, we're talking standpoint. about it 30 years later, right? It's still yeah. around in, in its own way right now. Yeah. And- I, I mean, if, if it was an El Flopo, nobody would care about any of this at this point. But the fact of the matter remains here we are discussing, like you said, what happened three whole decades ago. Yeah. So and when the dust it, settles, it, all the stars co- start coming back on, you know? And so mm-hmm. we have so much more to go here. We still have. Jeez, we have uh, uh, all the rest of 92. We have 93. We have all of 94. Uh, not all of 94 because there was a hi- hiatus there. I was off the air for about seven months. Uh, then right. coming back on to finish up the run at WGBB. Right. And then we, then we were gone in the uh, early part of 95. And that was it. Boy, we got a long way to go. I hope my wooden leg stays on. It's all that. Yeah, time. Right. Same we, here. We have a lot of work to do. <laughs> hope I still have a voice. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, voice. yeah. I hope uh, we can. I hope I we can finish up. I yes. remember those days back then. It was oh. a lot of fun, wasn't it? And then who was that Russo guy again? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man. I think anyway, we got one we more. Gotta- yeah, we got one more. We got more interesting folks. And some of them are from the New York area, guys. Yeah, so, uh, okay. How you doing? How you doing? Keep talking until we find out who our next call is going to be. Next I call. understand there may be somebody from Queens, so I can't uh, wait. Let's hear it. Mr. Rizzi. Yes. This is Tony the Godfather Capone. How are you this evening? Tony, how are you from the... Well, from the, uh, <laughs> my mind is a little twisted. That's the guy. I was a little bit shocked. I'm just coming back in from a booking, and I'm hearing what you're saying on the air, and I'm basically shocked. I mean, you're the front runner on professional wrestling news. Your honesty is, like, incredible, and I want you, you have my number. Yes. Come sometime tomorrow, give me a call. Whatever I could do for you to keep your show on the air, I am 100% behind you. Thank you. And I'm also calling the local wrestlers from New York that you've supported over the years to get out and help you in any which way possible to keep the show on the air. It's the most honest show on the air, and I don't want to see you end. So whatever I can do for you, you give me a call, and we will sit down and talk. Okay, you have my me. full support. Thank you very much. And, of course, you've got a big show coming up yourself. That's April, correct. April 25th, and uh, that'll take place at Mount Vernon High School. That's correct. The New York debut of the North American Wrestling Alliance. That's true. I'm going up against Hercules that night. It's going to be a hard battle, but it's going to be one that's going to be fought. Hopefully you'll be there that evening. We'll see what happens with that. I don't want to take up too much of your calls. I want the calls to keep coming in. You give me a call tomorrow. We sit down and talk. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, John. Okay. Okay, uh, next caller. Hello. Hello, you're next. Okay, let's take another one. Hi, you're next. How you doing, John? Yes. Yeah, how you doing? Angelo from Brooklyn. Hey, Angelo. To lighten up the atmosphere, let me give you two quick questions. One on WrestleMania. Okay. Donnie Leibel opened up talking about two run-ins. 
one possibly by the Ultimate Warrior. I don't know if I was mistaken. Is that any truth to that? Well, he might have heard some scuttlebutt behind the scenes, uh, at least in the, in the lounges over the last few days. I guess that's where he got that stuff from. Okay, the WCW question is, I was looking for a feud with uh, Abdullah the Butcher and Cactus Jack against Ron Simmons and Junkyard Dog. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen Abdullah around. Uh, you know where he's been? I went back to Japan for the time being. You know when he's coming back? I uh, don't know, but I will find out for okay, you. Okay, and when's the remote at the press box? Two weeks from tonight. Okay. Uh, April the 12th, and uh, we'll have uh, Johnny B. Bad there. Okay, I'll see you at the press box. Thanks a lot, John. Good luck. Take care. Next caller, please. Hi, John. Yes. John, Cheryl from Dutchess County. Cheryl, how are you? Hi, good. I want you to keep your chin up. I agree with the Godfather. There's a lot of people out there, myself included, who want to support you because of your honesty and your unbiased opinions. And, and your thoroughness, too, John, and checking things out. And I'm glad I got to see what you look like at the show. I'm done <laughs> John, I have something disturbing to tell you, though. About two months ago, three sisters who allegedly work for Vince McMahon told me a rumor. This is almost two months back. And they're in extremely high spirits because they're obsessed with Vince McMahon and the Ultimate Warrior. They told me. I don't want to get into any real bad no, allegations. No, it's not, John. Or, okay? But they said that Vince was paying off the Ultimate Warrior since last SummerSlam I, I to disappear. Know. I don't know. And, you know, that he was coming back for WrestleMania. They knew about that two months ago. Mm -hmm. Now, is that possible? It was supposed to be over a contract feud. Well, I know the, uh, the Ultimate Warrior left because of a contract dispute. Uh, I know that for a fact. You don't think it was because of the bad publicity? No, no, not at all. Not the publicity that he got. I know you, you're talking about the article in the Globe last yeah, year right. and all of that. Uh, but I don't think that was the case for his dismissal. Uh, of course, now with Hogan leaving, uh, Warrior could very well be coming back next week because uh, he certainly went over with the kids. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll find out at WrestleMania. And Cheryl, I want to ask you one thing. If you can hold the line and give uh, and give Steve my uh, your phone number and address, because uh, there were a couple people that wanted to uh, to talk to you. All right, very good, John. And keep your chin up. We're all behind you. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, bye bye. Okay. And there you go. Cheryl, Cheryl. was done a lot, wasn't she? Mm. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was trying to get the dirt. Oh, is that what? All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She, uh, you know, it was all leading back to, you know, sexual allegations and this and that. And the Ultimate Warrior had that uh, that <laughs> that crazy article that was in the Globe. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was not. A I nice remember one. the article. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I remember uh, just, just Google it. Google it. Ultimate Warrior oh, of the Globe. When that came out, passing it around the office, just like the Observer yeah. and everything else, you know, get a load of this, you know. So we were all checking that out, and yeah, I remember my reaction. I shrugged my shoulders and said, "So, yeah. so that's what I said anyway." Yeah, well, uh, interesting show today, guys. I hope you're okay, John. I hope you don't need a Brumo seltzer or anything like that because well, we'll it see had what been the reaction tough. is now. Now, now, when you release it. It's like you gave birth to it. Let's see if the baby's <laughs> ugly or pretty. It's going to be an ugly baby, but, you know, are people going to love it? Or are they going to discard it? I don't we'll know. Put a mask on it. And... I don't know, man. But, uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad that we got through it. And uh, we, uh, we covered this as best we could of events that took place 30 years ago this week. Yes, we did. And our next show is going to be a lot lighter yes. part than this was. We'll cover WrestleMania, right? Yep. And, and a lot of uh, other things, too. Yeah, and we have uh, Dave Meltzer. 
Wade Keller, Steve Beverly. It's a whole roundtable of uh, WrestleMania talk next and, week. And other things. And fans, we have a couple surprise callers. So uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. But you'll hear all about it when you tune into our podcast next week. Absolutely, we will. All right, guys, uh, this is going to about wrap up this edition of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast. I want to thank everybody for your patience tonight in this uh, very long episode. But uh, what else can you do? We had to cover it the way we covered it, and I'm happy that we did. Uh, I want to remind you again, and here I am, asking for money. But it's it's for our patron account here this show earlier before it's released to everybody else get all the archives of the show so you could dive deep into everything that we've covered in the archives of the pro wrestling spotlight that's just five bucks a month patreon.com slash john arezzi i won't even mention all the other tiers and all the other incentives go to patreon.com slash john arezzi check it out find which level works best for you and it does sincerely pay for the cost of producing this show, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. Don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, covering all the shows I covered at the Mecca of All Arenas 50 years ago. Uh, we release it 50 years ago to the day the show takes place. So the next one is going to take place in the second week of April. That's Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, wherever you get your podcast, no matter what platform, it's there. It's co-hosted by Tim Poutre, written and researched by Richie Garcia. And John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast is a production of Matt Memories, LLC. Our co-host is Bob Smith. Don Liable covers the time capsule each and every week. Our producer and editor, Alex Robertson. Executive producers from Patreon, Jeremy Priest and Matt Walsh. And all the patrons, thank you for your support for the production of this show. Until next week, when we relive more history with you, this is John Arezzi for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. <laughs>